before you're seated. And let's make this a bold confession before we get into the message for this morning. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession. I will meditate therein. Both day and night. On a chapter in the morning. And a chapter in the evening. And because I do. My life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch. Everything I touch. It turns to success. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to minister to these your sheep. Oh, we thank you for manifesting your presence, for healing hearts. Amen. Whether it be at home or in person, if you had a headache when you got up this morning, by the end of this message, I decree in the presence of the Almighty God, healing will have manifested in Jesus' name. So we thank you right now, Father, for moving in our midst, touching the life of every person present, those that are watching now and even into the future. Thank you for revelation to flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And all that agree with that prayer said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Once again, you may be seated. I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bible now to the book of Philippians chapter 2. We're picking up where we left off last week. If you've missed any of the last two months of messages, I invite you to go back and catch up with us. So important for us to be in one accord on this subject. I want to read again Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 through 11. You can follow along with me on the screen. Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He was born in a physical body. And being found in, the, in, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross which we just celebrated. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let the church say amen. Amen. My prayer today is that Jesus is the king will become a revelation to you. The, the, The message that I was given is Jesus is the king. The king, not a king. But not that we just mentally agree with that idea. My prayer for you is that by the time you leave and we go to enjoy the rest of our weekend, my prayer is that that would be like revelation, like, oh, he's the king. Amen? Amen. Not just something that we can mentally acknowledge, 
but something that you and I can spiritually comprehend. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 through 17, Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And I could ask you all that question. I mean, some might say, you know, he's the Christ, he's the king of kings and so forth. And he was asking them, you know, what do people say? Who do people say that I am? And people have all kind of ideas, and that's great. But what's revelation to you? He asked them a question. Who do you say that I am? Well, Peter, he spoke up, and he said in verse 16, he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, and you are blessed, Simon Bar-Jonah. Why? Because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So it's my assignment to preach to you today that Jesus is the King. But I don't want to be flesh and blood revealing that to you. I pray that through this message and over the moment and through the scriptures that we will see, you'll get a revelation from heaven and it will be real in your heart that Jesus is the king. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to Peter. God gave it to him. He got revelation of it. And that's my prayer for you today. So we're in this series, which to me really feels like a series of discovery. About why things are in the world the way that they are. We started in the very beginning with Adam in the garden God created the heavens and the earth, Adam being placed on this planet. He was given dominion over the entire planet, everything in it, on it, above it. God gave him dominion and authority. You could say that Adam was king of the world. Do I need need to do my Leonardo DiCaprio one more time? All right, for those of you that might be visiting... If you saw the Titanic, you know, that young man and that young woman, they were in love. And, you know, he just felt so good about it. He just climbed up on the mast of that ship. He said, I'm the king of the world. Oh, man, I love that. Man. That guy's a good actor. In truth, when God put Adam on the planet, even though the devil was already here in the wilderness, he wasn't in the garden, when, when God created and formed that garden, That old serpent came walking in the garden and, you know, deceived Adam's wife. But in the moment that God created Adam, Adam was king of the world, even though there was an outcast being here on the planet. At that moment, Adam had the authority to tell the devil, get out of here and be quiet. Don't talk to my wife. How many of y'all, how many husbands know you shouldn't let the devil talk to your wife? He's sitting up there trying to convince her to buy that. You know that's the devil. Shut up, devil. Come get behind me. I didn't get no male laughter at all. Y'all help me now. He could have dealt with it because you could say he was, in effect, the king of the world. But because... And, and, and I, I respect the love that Adam had for his wife because he wasn't deceived. He made a conscious choice to partake of the fruit. And I believe because he saw 
where it left her. But yet it disobeyed God. In that conscious choice, he yielded to the devil, which is dangerous. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 16, we read it, and you can see it again, it's on the screen. Um, in Romans 6, 16, he says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. When Adam yielded in the garden, the devil became the king of this world. Adam essentially became the devil's slave. Sin and death entered into the world in that particular moment. We know Psalm 115 and 16 said, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth has he, God, given to the children of men. When God created this thing, he gave it to Adam. Adam yielded to the devil and therefore gave the dominion that God gave him over to Satan. And Satan didn't become the God of this world. Never was, never will be a God. But he did become king of the world. And he reigned as such from Adam to the last Adam. From Adam in the garden to Jesus on the cross. Satan became ruler of this world and reigned as such in that time. But we learned specifically over the last two weeks that in in hell, Jesus destroyed the devil. He did what? destroyed the devil and he took his keys he took back the authority that adam lost in matthew 28 18 and 19 the bible said jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth verse 19 says go therefore and dot 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 in other words, there's work to be done. I want you, because I have the authority and you are my deputies or my disciples, I want you to carry out and exercise authority in the earth because I'm going to the Father. Are you all listening to me today? What does it mean to have all authority? The word all means everything. What's left after all? Somebody say nothing. When the Bible said, listen carefully, and I don't want you to get comfortable because you've heard this before, but make sure you really understand the power and the importance of what Jesus said in the moment. He was raised from the dead. Something happened in hell. Well, two things. The devil was destroyed and Jesus took his keys, took the keys of authority. And when Jesus appears after being raised from the dead, one of the most important things he said before he went to the Father was all authority. Somebody say all authority. There is no other authority greater than the authority that Jesus has. He says all authority, both in heaven and in earth. Is that what it said? Look at it again. Let's just make sure. In Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, Jesus came. Jesus himself said, all authority. He said what? All authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven. And where else? On earth. So who has the authority on the earth? God or the devil? Jesus or demon spirits? Jesus has all authority. Authority in the earth. 
over any effect of the enemy, Jesus has the authority. Well, why then are things so bad? Why is there still so much destruction? Why are things the way that they are? If Jesus has the authority, both in heaven and orb, why is there cancer? Why is there still chaos? Why is there still poverty? Why are children still being hurt and mistreated? Why are people being abused and abusive? Why are things the way that they are? The reason why I am taking precious time to pour this out is so that you can have a perfect picture of why things are the way they are and that you and I can do something about it. Because he said, all authority is given unto me, and I want you to go as a result of that authority. So now we could say confidently that Jesus is the king of the world. I know when the world was formed and Adam was placed, Adam would, could boldly say, not that he was a God. There are no other gods besides God. God is the only God. And there are no other gods beside him, right? Adam was never God of this world. Satan was never God of this world. Jesus is not God of this world per se. He is God within God. Amen. But listen to me carefully. Adam was God of this world. Excuse me. I just messed that up. Uh, Adam was king. Somebody say king. Adam was king of this world. And then who became king of the world? The devil. He was ruler of this world, the one in authority. And then Jesus destroyed him, and then he became, come on, king of the world. Not because I told you, but I want you to receive revelation of that. I was studying along this line, had an unction to type in a couple of words, and look what I found by the Holy Ghost in John chapter 18. In John chapter 18, on this subject, Jesus is king. Pilate, therefore, said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered. Now look at me for a moment. I want you to get this picture. This is Pontius Pilate. Jesus was taken by the Pharisees and the religious leaders by night. Judas... Kissed him on the cheek, right? Come on, y'all help me now. Sold him out. All of Jesus' disciples left him. He is now in the custody of the Jews. Taken by night, they put him on trial and he kept his peace. They started lying about him. He didn't tell them, no, that ain't right. Or He just held his peace and let this thing take its course. Sure enough, he said some things that angered them. And he said, all right. And they beat him. And then they turned him over to Pilate to be crucified. Pilate then is like, why are you all bringing this man to me? Well, he's caused such great things and they lied on Jesus again. Pilate is like, well, let me take him in examination. Ask him question after question, question after question, like we're about to see. He says, are you a king then? This is after a number of questions. Now, the reason why I'm setting this up is because up until this moment, he kept his mouth shut. Pilate's asking him all kind of things. Don't you better speak up? You better say something. I have the ability to put you to death. You, this is your opportunity to defend yourself. And he didn't say anything. But when he got to this question, 
Are you a king then? Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus answered and said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this reason, I was born. I was born to be wild. No, no, it's wrong. I was born to be a king. Oh, my goodness. I pray you. I got so excited about that. I pray you get excited about it as well. Listen again. Let's back it up. Are you a king then? Jesus answered and said, you say rightly, I am a king. For this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world. When we ask the question, why did Jesus come here? We looked at several scriptures that talked about, you know, for this for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. We looked at it in Hebrews chapter two for, you know, um, uh, he he took on the uh, in as much as the children are flesh and blood. He likewise took part of the same. This is Hebrews chapter two, verse 14, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil and deliver them who through the fear of death all their lifetime was subject to bondage. That's verse 14 and 15. So we studied the fact. Why did Jesus come here? Why didn't God send an angel to die for us? Why didn't God send an angel to be wrapped in swaddling clothes and born in a manger and to live out? Because nobody but Jesus could do what Jesus did. (laughs) If he sent an angel, an angel might have messed up and been another lost soul here on the planet. Come on. But he sent His only begotten son. But now we get another glimpse, another perspective, another revelation of why he came into the world. When Pilate asked him, are you a king then? Now remember, Pilate is under Caesar, Caesar's king. In the land, there'd be no other kings. And you declare yourself king, oh, we'll, we'll show you who's king, right? And he asked him, are you king then? And he said, you have said it rightly. I am a king. For this reason, I was born. And for this reason, for me, I came into this world to be king. Come on. I came in this world to be king. That I should bear witness of the truth. What is the truth? That he is the king. I came to bear witness of that truth. And everyone who uh, is of truth, of the truth, hears my voice. The truth is, faith family, Jesus is not just a king. He is the king. He was silent most of this time, but when he was asked this, he couldn't keep it quiet any longer. As a matter of fact, this is what was supernatural to me. Paul heard about this conversation that Pilate and Jesus had, and he talked about it in the book of 1 Timothy. I don't know if you know this. I didn't put these two together ever before in all of my years of Christianity. But look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul got word of this conversation that Jesus had with Pilate. You have to remember, in their day, they didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John written in a Bible. They were actually in the process of writing it. They were hearing stories about the crucifixion. They were hearing stories about what Jesus taught. Jesus himself appeared to the apostle Paul. Now we have the 66 books, and we can put it with a leather cover or put it in our cell phone. But Paul, 
Paul, he heard about this conversation that Pilate and Jesus had. And he said in 1 Timothy 6, 13 through 15, he says, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. He did what? He had a good confession. He answered the right way. He said the right thing. Look about me for a moment. He witnessed a good. He's pointing out, I'm urging you in the presence of Jesus, who really says some good stuff when he was talking to Pilate. Let's look at what he said. Verse, four, uh, verse 13. He said that you keep the commandment without spot and blameless until the Lord Jesus is appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. Who is he who is the blessed and only potentate, potentate, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, it is absolutely just too quiet in this church. We got about five minutes before we get out of here. So if you want to get excited, if you want to get happy, if you want to show God that you got it, now's your time to make a little noise. Paul got revelation of what Jesus was talking about when, when Pilate asked him, are you the king? Are you a king? When Jesus said, I am a king, he said, I want to urge you because when Jesus talked to Pilate, he acknowledged that he is the king. And Paul said, I say unto you, he is the blessed. He is the only potentate. Now, now before we can really shout about potentate, we actually got to get a definition of potentate. Come on, help me now. The word potentate in Greek is defined as a ruler. Mm. Someone who is powerful or of great authority. He said that Jesus is the blessed one. He is the one who is the ruler. He is the one who has great authority. Let me go a little bit further, Paul said. He is the king of kings. If there are any other kings, he is the, oh, y'all got to help me. He is the king of kings. So that's my assignment to simply share with you, and I pray you get it as revelation, because this has to make sense to understand why things are the way they are in the world. You have to understand this is not like a God in the world that controls things. This is a kingdom. And what makes a kingdom a kingdom is that there is first a king and then there's an area of dominion. So in the earth, the kingdom of God is here. But that doesn't mean that God or Jesus rules and reigns over every area or every person in the earth. There are some folks that are outside, whoo, glory to God. They are outside of the kingdom and God wants them in the kingdom. But outside the kingdom, there is an outlaw who goes about seeking whom he may influence, whom he may manipulate, whom he may devour. But there has to be those that are in authority that deal with the outlaws that are left on the planet. Come on, somebody. So you've got to know that Jesus is the king, and when the king oh, come on, somebody. When a king gives an order, let it be written, and let it be said. Hallelujah to Jesus. So now I get ready to close, and I'm only closing so we can pick up next week. 
Literally, we're doing it line by line, one piece at a time. If you don't get the revelation of Jesus is king, then we don't need to talk about you being a king that Jesus is king of. (laughs) That you have an area of dominion that you need to control. (laughs) Why are things happening in your house uh, and they're happening in your job uh, and they're happening in your money and you're the king of it? (laughs) He gave you a... Oh, I'm not going to preach my message before I preach it. We're just going to give you one thing today. He is the king. Right? Get that first. There's an outlaw here, the devil. But there's also a king here. An outlaw is going to be an outlaw. They're going to murder. They're going to lie. They're going to steal. They're going to destroy. They're going to do what they can do. Now, we know he's been made powerless, but he uses, he influences people's mind, and they have power and authority to be on the planet. And so if he influences them with a thought to kill, a thought to steal, a thought to cheat, a thought to lie, and then they carry it out, it wasn't that the devil had power. If anything, it was the power of deception. But no real power. Okay, okay. All right. So I close. With Philippians chapter 2, verse number 8. Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Jesus went from being the son of God to also now being given title king of the world. And it was why he came, to become king of the world. God highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Watch this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, on earth, and guess what? Under the earth. Are there people in heaven? Are there people on the earth? Are there people under the earth? And this name Jesus has authority in all three realms. So when you tell the devil from hell under the earth, take your hands off my son, take your hands off my brother, take your hands off my daughter, he has to obey you in the name of Jesus if you know how to use it. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word Lord comes from kurios in the Greek. It means supreme in authority. That sounds like a king to me. In the Amplified, it says so that every or so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall. There's no stronger assertion in the English language than the word shall. It must. It has to. It's customary to bow, particularly before a king. Jesus is the king. And every knee shall bow. So let this be a revelation to you. And out of his own words, he said, I am a king. He's not only a king. How many of y'all agree he is the king? Did y'all get something out of this message today? Glory to God. Now, if you're feeling it and if you're sensing it, we're set up 
step by step to start to talk about, okay, now what do we do about it? When he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. When he said, all power is given unto me, now I want you to go. Where is Jesus right now? He's at the right hand of God. Where are we? His body of Christ. We're in the earth. So we've got some work to do. I'm going to ask every head.